want you to imagine with me for a minute um, what it would be like if a bank account were opened for you somewhere here in town, could be SefQ or Associated or Busey or something, and a, a, a bank account, checking account, something like that was opened in your name, and every day $86,400 was uh, deposited into your account. Would that be all right, or is that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to, wouldn't that be cool if this was an Oprah moment, and there's a bank account for you, and for you, yeah. no, it's not really like that, but just imagine with, with me for a minute what that would be like, and the, the only kind of stipulation is that you had to spend all of it, every penny, every day, because when you put your head down on the pillow at night, it would be gone, right, it would be zeroed out, and the next day, the Lord willing, you would get 86,400 more dollars put into your account, it could be used however you want, it could be used for whatever is valuable, whatever is important to you, in fact, why don't you take just a minute, if you're comfortable, and turn to a person or two or three around you, and share, how would you live differently if that were the case, if every morning when you awoke, there was 86,400 more dollars sitting there waiting for you to spend, how would that change your life, how would you spend it, how would you use uh, the money that had been entrusted to you? Go ahead and turn to somebody around you and share your answers. All right, all right, all right. So, so bring it back. <laughs> there was no shortage of conversation on that, right? <laughs> you got some good ideas? What were, what were some of the ideas you mentioned? Some of the things you thought? I think you have so much money that you would be more willing to share because people know that. What, you can't keep it all. If you can't spend it all. Sure. Whatever, whatever's left over, give away, right? <laughs> Absolutely. What else? How else would, you, how would it change how you spend money or how you would live or how you distribute it? Where else would it go? wouldn't have to go to work. Okay, so it might change your occupation. Okay, what else? Buy more stuff for a while. What's that? Fancier car? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then what? No college loans. No college loans. Right? Debt-free, baby. <laughs> Boom. Absolutely. What else? Anything? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd figure a way to spend that $86,400 to the full every day, wouldn't we? I mean, we would uh, want to get the full benefit of that uh, money every moment down to the last penny. Uh, there would be things, probably things that are important to us that we'd want to give away. You might, uh, it would probably, yeah, change your own standard of living. It might be uh, an opportunity for you to give and to bless some people around you. Might be some opportunities for, for you to expand and sort of invest in some kingdom ventures, maybe help move the kingdom of God forward on this planet. It would, it would be fun, would it not? I mean, you, somebody mentioned, uh, you know, at the end of the day, certainly anything that was left over and then some. I mean, wouldn't it be cool just to be able to say, hey, here's $20,000 to the food pantry today. There'll be another, another 20 grand where that came from tomorrow or something. I mean, like, can you imagine? That'd be, it'd be awesome. You could really invest uh, according to your values. You'd want to use it well. You'd want to spend it all to the full. Well, friends, every morning that you wake up, God credits you with 86,400 seconds in your day. And sort of like the bank account idea, we spend them all to the full every day. Every night when you put your head down on the pillow, it's gone. 
Try as you might, you can't get any of them back. They're gone. And you awake the next morning to God willing, right? Have 86,400 more seconds that you can spend any way that you want. But it's really up to you. You, can, you could use them in ways that, I mean, will be profound, that will leave a legacy, that will make an impact on this planet. Or you could squander them, right? Doing this on your phone <laughs> for hours and hours. We could squander them just wasting away. We could do nothing and just let them slide by. Either way, it doesn't matter. You cannot get them back. They will be gone, right? And you have to choose. How are you going to invest? How are you going to spend your one and only life? Because you don't want to waste it. Psalm 90, verse 12 is sort of our theme verse for the day. This is actually from uh, a a living Bible uh, translation, but we're going to look at the NIV a little bit later. But it says this. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Help us to spend them to the full. We are on our final week of a series that we've been doing here at Ignite called Cultivate, Strengthen Your Faith in 2016. And throughout this series, we've been challenging you and encouraging you and trying to resource you and give you everything you need to help you even put together a training plan that will help you grow in your faith in 2016. We've tried to make it as easy as possible. We've given you tools and resources, spiritual growth plans. We've put together apps. We've sent reminders. We've started growth groups all in an effort to help this be a breakout year for you, that 2016 could be a year where you really come alive in your faith, where we don't just stay stagnant, but we really do spike up into the right, where we experience God more in our lives, where we seek uh, and know him more, where we experience more of the life that he has for us. And we've been, I mean, I've been pretty much begging you every week, right? Like, let's do something. Let's put it into practice. Uh, But I have to say that, the real deal on all this is we can talk, we can give you resources, we can put every resource known to man on the app, you can have the best spiritual growth plan on the planet, right? You know, Mother Teresa would have been envious, you know, kind of thing. It's, I mean, it could be awesome, but if it doesn't make it into your calendar, if it doesn't make it into your days, if it doesn't affect what you do today and tomorrow and the next day, it's just a pipe dream. Because the only thing needed for us not to grow in 2016 is for us to do nothing. That's it, right? I mean, if we just slide, if we coast, most of us, if we stay on the same trajectory, we will just stay stagnant or flat in our faith at best. And we've put too much energy into this, and we care too much for you and for one another to to let that happen, right? Right? Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to come alive more and more and more in your faith this year? I certainly do. And so today as we wrap up the series, I want to talk about this whole idea of our time and our schedules. Because if you and I don't take control of our time, if we don't intentionally choose to use it in ways that bring about spiritual growth in us, in ways that advance God's kingdom and God's purposes in our lives, if we don't intentionally build those things into our schedules, we will likely squander our time on things that don't really matter. Today, I just want to hit kind of three general principles. There's a lot of overlap. This is not rocket science. There's probably not much that I'm going to share today that you'll be like, oh, I never thought of that before, but it's stuff that we need to put into practice in our lives. Three different principles from God's book dealing with our time and our schedules so that we uh, can spend our days wisely 
and not squander the time that God has given us, not squander the 86,400 seconds that God's given you today and tomorrow, hopefully, and the day after, hopefully. We're going to use them well in ways that really leave behind a legacy, in ways that bring us and our families and those around us to life, in, in ways that advance the cause of Christ, that impact our world and leave a legacy like that. All right, the first one we're just going to hit uh, is, is this. Is the time is the most precious commodity there is, so use it wisely. Time is precious. Use it wisely. You know uh, what has totally crippled the American church? What has stalled God's church out in this country? You know what's kept people from growing and experiencing more of the fullness in life and the purposes that God has in store for them? Here, you want to know what it is? It's this phrase right here. I'm too busy. <laughs> I... I don't have time. I mean, how many times have, have we said stuff like that? I'd love to be in a growth group, but I'd love to read the Bible more. I, I'd love to go on a spiritual retreat and really connect with God, but I just don't have time. I'd love to serve. I'd love to help the poor. I'd love to make a difference in my community. I'd love to reach my friends, but I just don't have time. I'm too busy. I encourage uh, our, our staff members, some of our staff members and key leaders uh, to never let themselves use that kind of language, but always say instead, that's not a priority for me right now because all of us have the same amount of time in a day, do we not? We all have the same amount of time. There are people that live very busy lives that choose things that you're not choosing. And I have to say, it's a hard thing to hear those words come out of your mouth like, like, it's easy for us to say stuff like, man, I'd really love to spend more time in the Bible. I'm just too busy. I just don't have time. It's a totally different thing if you hear these words coming out of your mouth. I'd love to spend more time with God, but it's just not a priority for me right now. You're sort of like, did I just say, I mean, like, it, but that's what we're saying with that statement, right? It's, it's just not a priority. For, I'd love, I would love to impact the poor and help them, but that's just not a priority for me right now. You'd say that, you'd be like, oh. Do I really mean that? But that's what we're saying when we make our decisions. Time is our most precious commodity. We've got to learn to use it wisely. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says this. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The days are fleeting. They go like that. Time is our most precious and valuable commodity. It's the stuff that life is made of. We're only on this planet literally a number of weeks, around 4,100 weeks. If you're 30 years old, you probably have less than 2,600 weeks left on the planet. If you're older than 30, you don't want to do the math. <laughs> Time is your most precious and valuable commodity. You can always get more money, but where can you get more time? You can't, right? So the Bible warns us, be very careful how you live. Make the most of your weeks on this planet. Make the most of your time because the days are evil, because time is fleeting and it'll be gone. James 4.14 puts it like this. Says this. He says, what is your life? You're like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You're like, thanks a lot for that uplifting message, James, right? That, that kind of, it's, kind of a, it's kind of like the picture of this time of year. You can go to your car window or to a window someplace, and you can breathe on it, and it fogs up for a second, you know? And then as soon as you stop blowing, what happens? And it's gone. He says, you know what your life is like? In the, especially in, in the scale of eternity, your life is like that. It's vanishing. 
Tomorrow is an uncertain thing. Make sure you live today wisely. Make sure you live today wisely. Tina and I uh, used to have a joke. We haven't used it in a while, but something we kind of say to one another kind of to remind each other of this kind of thing. And I don't know, I don't know if it was a kind of a thing in culture, I think, a while ago. But, uh, but you know, it's one of those things, like if you watch a movie and it turns out to be a total dud or something like that, or you go and you do something and you kind of were like, what a waste of our time. The, the phrase would come up and say, I mean, that's 20 minutes of my life that I'll never get back, right? Or that's, that's an hour and a half that I'll never get back. But you know what? That's always true, isn't it? We're trading our lives. We're trading our time. Every moment, we're trading our time for something. We could be trading it for things that advance God's kingdom, things that will matter and things that will last 100 years from now, or we could just trade it on Netflix, <laughs> right? We could trade it on Facebook. We could trade it for something. Time is our most precious commodity. Use it wisely. There's an author and poet uh, from Galesburg, Carl Sandburg, right, who said this, time is the coin of your life. It's the only coin you have, and only you determine how it will be spent. Be careful lest you let others spend it for you. Isn't that good? Psalm 90, verse 12, this is the NIV this time, says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. What a great prayer, I might, I might add. Wouldn't that be a great way to pray every day? God, teach us to number our days. Help us to recognize how few our short, uh, how, how short you know, our, our time is, how few our days are, and how, help us to spend them, those days, as we should. Our time is our most precious position, possession. Don't waste it, but use it wisely. Let's go on to the second one. Learn to say no. Uh, let's go to the second one if we can. There it is. Learn to say no to good things even so that we can say yes to the most important kinds of things. Now here's the reality. If we really want to live out and grow in our relationship with God in 2016, if we want to put him first in our lives, it will change our priorities. It will change our perspective. And suddenly we'll discover that some of the things that we've been saying yes to are not nearly as important as we once thought they were. 1 Corinthians 6.12 puts it this way. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. And probably nowhere is this more true than in the whole area of time in our lives, right? There's all kinds of things that are permissible. Like, is it, is it fine to, to spend uh, several hours a day on Facebook? Sure. Is that in the realm of permissible? Totally. Is it fine to watch, uh, you know, five hours a day of TV? Sure. Is that permissible? Absolutely. Is it beneficial? Is it wise? Is it the best use of our time? Now, that, those are different questions. Everything is permissible, but not everything is of benefit. In order for us to live wisely with our time so that we can flourish, in order for us to, to live a purposeful and God-honoring life, we're going to have to learn to say no to some things so that we can say yes to the right kinds of things. It's a hard thing to kind of say, to, to, to know when to say no and when to say yes to, but Jesus was a master at this kind of thing, wasn't he? He walked through his life saying yes to that which needed a yes and saying no to those things which needed a no. He said yes sometimes even when it's extremely costly. He said yes, for instance, to becoming a human being like one of us. He said yes to a ministry of teaching and healing. He said yes to washing the stinky feet of his friends and living his life as a servant 
even though he was the one that actually created us. He said yes to touching a leper. He said yes to compassion. He said yes to loving and pursuing sinful human beings like you and me. At the climax of his life, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and God was calling him to the cross, to die on the cross, the most painful death imaginable, he said yes even to the cross, not my will but yours be done, he said to the Father. Jesus' whole life was about saying yes to his Father. But he also knew when to say no so that he could say yes to the most important things. He said no to temptation, like when the evil one was tempting him with power and possession and positions. Uh, Jesus said, no, I don't have to even think about this one. No, get behind me. When good friends came uh, with a misguided request, Jesus, uh, and they said, Jesus, let us sit in the seats of power in your kingdom, one on your right and one on your left, right? This is going to be the good stuff. We want the, the places of honor. We want to be lifted up and everybody can see how great we are. Jesus said, you know what? No. I mean, I, these were his friends. These were people he cared about. But you know what? He looked at him and said, no, that's not for me to give. He asked a couple other questions first, but that's, we'll kind of skip that. He said, no. He said, what you're asking is amiss. You're, you're off base here. No. He said no to pressure. In John 6, you can read about it. When people wanted to make Jesus king by force before the proper time, he faced that kind of pressure, and Jesus said no. He didn't take the promotion, so to speak. He didn't say, maybe, let me think about it, I'll get back to you. He didn't say, oh, just to get you off my back, I'll let you, right? I, no, he, he looked at it and he said, no. He had great clarity about his identity. He had great clarity about what the Father was asking of him. His yes was yes and his no was no. He lived with great freedom and great purpose. And then he says, you know what, that's the way that he wants you and I to live as well. Just walk through life with a clear understanding of who God made you to be, of who he is and what he's asking of you, and let your yes be yes and your no be no. If we want to live our lives, if we're going to make some room in our lives for the important stuff, we have, to, we have to learn to say no to some important things, see some good things, so we can say yes to some of the most important stuff, so we can say yes to having space in our life for God, space in our lives for our families, space in our lives for the mission that God has for us. We have to learn to say no. I mean, perhaps some of us need to choose to say no to a perfectly clean house or a perfectly manicured lawn so that we can say yes to real relationships with our kids or with our spouses so that we can say yes to having times to disciple others or pray with each other or live in community with other believers. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, how big a deal is it if somebody has to, uh, to look at a, a, a dining room table that has a little bit of dust on it or a little imperfect spot on it? Or yeah, how big a deal is it if somebody has to step over a toy if you've got young kids? It happens all the time, right? Not really that big of a deal. It could be that we need to say no. I mean, do we, do we still have to clean the house? Huh? Of course, but there's a difference between having a fairly clean house and being driven by it, right? For some of us, we need to step back off the perfectionistic ledge a few steps so that we can enjoy and experience and 
and really live wisely and invest in the things that really matter most. It could be a work thing for you. Maybe some of us need to say no to some of the overtime or to some of the unrealistic expectations at work that just seem to get higher and higher and higher and higher every year where they're asking more and more and more and more. Perhaps there's a time that you need to say, you know what? I work hard. I'm happy to do it, but maybe I need to say no and take a step back so that I can invest my life in my family, so that I can live out the mission of the church, so that I can, or the mission that God has given to me, excuse me, so that I can make a contribution in the church, so that I can come and worship, so that I can whatever. Maybe you need to say no to something so you can say yes to the most important things. Some of us maybe need to learn to say no uh, to some of the time that we spend on our devices in a, in a given day. I read this week that in in 2013, it's the most recent data I could get on this, but the average American spent five hours per day uh, on electronic devices. That's going up by average of half an hour per year. So my hunch would be that we're at six hours a day that we're spending doing this on our phones, right? Now, again, is is everything permissible for me? Is that a, does that fall into the realm of permissible? Sure. But six or seven or eight or even five or four, four hours a day, right? We're spending on those kinds of things. My question is, could it be that God's saying, maybe you should take a couple steps back, create some space so you can invest in the most important things? I don't think I ever want to hear any of us, if this stat is true, I don't think I ever want to hear any of us saying, I don't have time to grow. I don't have time to invest in my relationship with God. I don't have time to blank, spend with my family, disciple my kids, pick something, right? I don't think I ever want to hear us saying that again if we're spending five or six or seven hours a day on our phones. Like, really? Like, really? What's, what's true about that is that's just not a priority for us then. There's plenty of time. Maybe we need to learn to say no to some of those things so we can say yes to the most important things. Friends, to make space in our lives, to to be able to say yes to the most important, we've got to learn to say no. The third thing I'll say here, uh, go after here is this, third point, avoid what I'm calling spiritual procrastination. Now, any procrastinators in the room? Yes, yes. Some of you will get around to answering that question later. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. I'll I'll just touch on this one uh, quickly here. But if we're really honest, I bet most of us here this morning, I think think most of us here have good hearts. I think if I were to ask you, do you want to grow in your walk with God this year? I think most of us would say, yeah. I think, I think most of us would say, boy, if you, do you want to experience and live out more of God's purpose for you in 2016? I think we'd say, yeah. I mean, I think, I think our heart and our desire is to do these things. Do I want to learn more of God's word? Do I want to share him more with others? Do I want to serve the poor more? Do I want to, you know, pick something? I think we'd say yes. But the reality is that we just never get around to doing it. We just don't do it. It's spiritual procrastination. Procrastination is the failure to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. It's like the kamikaze pilot that flew flew 17 missions, right? (laughs) A failure to do the right things at the right time. In the Old Testament, we read about the Egyptians that are holding uh, the Israelites as slaves. There's a whole story there. And God ends up sending Moses to Pharaoh and to, to tell Pharaoh, he says, hey, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. He says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to release your people. And so God convinces him through a series of plagues, right? And it's, some of them are, are worse than others. Why don't you go back one so people stay with me for a second? <laughs> okay. Um, 
But pe- people, I mean, so God starts sending plagues, right, to kind of get, get his attention and to convince him, right, say, okay, it's time. Let me show my power, my hand, and then uh, convinces him to let, let his people go. He sends a whole bunch of plagues, starts out with uh, turning the river to red like blood, like in the Nile, like that was a particularly bad one. There's a whole bunch of others that involves things like um, gnats, flies, locusts, boils, which that one does not sound fun at all. But right in the middle, there's one, uh, there's a plague that God sends that involves frogs. Millions and millions of frogs. Can you imagine? Frogs everywhere. I mean, Pharaoh couldn't even back his chariot out of the garage without running over hundreds or thousands of frogs. They were everywhere. It was a bad one. And let's pick up the story in uh, Exodus 8, 8 now. It says this, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord to take these frogs away from me and from my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, listen to this, I leave you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and for your officials and for your people that you and your house may be rid of these frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. So he says, any time, you pick the time, I'll pray and God will get rid of the frogs. When do you want this to happen? And this is his answer. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. Moses replied, it'll be as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Tomorrow was his answer. I mean, think about this for a second. You want to ask him, what were you thinking? Tomorrow, really? The frogs are out of control. They're in your bedroom. They're in your kitchen. You're making bread. There's frogs jumping in, right? I mean, it's gross. Your wife's been on the couch for days, right? Like, ah, frogs! I'm just kidding. But, right, I mean, like, there's, there's all this stuff going on. It's terrible. It's, it's gotten to the point where Pharaoh's saying, uncle, I'll let the slaves go. The frogs are everywhere. Just get them out of here. I can't stand it. So when do you want me to take them away? Let's, let's, let's do that tomorrow. We'll, we'll get to that tomorrow, maybe. You know, I mean, that'd be fine. Tomorrow is his answer. Fascinating. And yet I have to say, ironically, I'm not so sure that his behavior is all that different from ours. God, I, I, I want to be free from this, but, but maybe we'll get to that tomorrow, right? I, I want to grow, but, but we'll get to that later. God, I want to get to know you, but maybe tomorrow. I want to spend time teaching my kids about Jesus, but, but maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. I'll, I want to be discipled, or maybe I'll disciple somebody else tomorrow. Maybe I'll join a growth group tomorrow. Maybe I'll, I'll let go or work on that sin tomorrow. Maybe I'll get help for my marriage tomorrow. Maybe I'll learn to pray more tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. The problem is that tomorrow never comes right? And we miss out on so much of God's plan and purposes for our lives because we never really get around to it. Our hearts get a little harder and a little colder every year, and we just stay the same. Hebrews 3.15 says this. It says, today, if you hear his voice, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts. You know what he's saying? Today, if you hear his voice, respond. Do it. Follow him. Open yourself to him. Whatever it is that he's asking today, if you hear his voice, do it, right? Put it into practice. Do what he says. If you don't, friends, our hearts get a little harder and colder day by day by day. So here's the question. Where in your life are you saying tomorrow where God wants you to say today? 
Before you walk out of the room today, I want you to think about this. I want you to be clear on this. Is there an area of your character or a particular area of sin that you're aware of and you've been just saying, I'll I'll deal with that tomorrow. Maybe God's been nudging you a little bit and saying, man, you need to deal with this. You need to turn this over. You need to turn from your sin, turn back to me, find forgiveness and live a new life. Step into the new life that God has for you. And you've been saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And God today is saying, don't wait one more day. Tomorrow is uncertain. Your days are like a vapor. You don't even know you have tomorrow. So would you respond today? Would you open your heart? Maybe it's time God's saying, God's saying, say yes today. Oh, I'll tell you a quick story. I got a little time. I'll tell you a quick story. We had a great example of this. I did a, a, a message somewhat like this up in Wisconsin. It was challenging people, and it was particularly focused on if there was an area of sin or there was some kind of thing that was holding you captive that... Um, that needed to be turned over to God and that you just needed to, to do it, right? You needed to respond to God. And uh, I, got, I had somebody come up after church and say, hey, I need you to come over to my house uh, as soon as possible and bring some garbage bags. That's what he said. And I'm like, okay. And so I, uh, I, <laughs> I, a couple days later, I went over to his house. It was like the, towards the end of the day. It was late in the afternoon. I had a, a leadership team meeting uh, that night. And uh, it's up in Wisconsin. And, and uh, I was like, cool. So came over, I'm like, okay, so, so what are we doing? What, what's going on? He's like, well, there's this whole area of my life and it's been holding me captive for years. He's like, I can't even go anywhere or do anything because I have to be around. I'm like, well, what is it? He's like, I, he's like, I know it's weird because it's not all that addictive of a drug, but marijuana. He's like, I've got it growing in my basement <laughs> and I've got, I've got scores of it growing in my basement. I can't, even, I can't even drive to Green Bay because I can't be away from it that long. He's like, and I just, God's been talking to me about it, and it's just time to turn it over and be free. And so we um, took the garbage bags. Uh, That's a first for me. <laughs> we, took the, we took the garbage bags. We're dumping all these pot plants in here, all this paraphernalia we're throwing in. I mean, we, we get done. We've got a whole bunch of huge garbage bags tied up. And he said, he said well, I was like, I'm thinking, what do we do with this, right? <laughs> what the world are we going to do? And uh, he's like, he's like, well, I got some lighter fluid. And I thought we'd take it out back and burn it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be good, right? I'm going go, to go to my leadership meeting high, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that would not be good. And so I'm like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And so uh, we end up packing it all into my trunk. It's snowing, kind of like today. It's snowing down. I'm packing it into my trunk. I close it, and, you know, I kind of say goodbye to him, and then I think, well, now what? Like, what am I going to do? I got a trunk full of pot, and I'm like, what is going on? And so uh, I'm driving home. This, the roads are slippery, right, because it's snowing. And I think, great, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go in the ditch, and the cop's going to come, right, and say, can I help you? He's going to be what's that smell? <laughs> like, something, uh, you know, I'm going to be up against the car. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Anyway, we ended up... Uh, throwing it in the dumpster, throwing other garbage on top to hide it, and then calling to have it uh, uh, towed away right away. Anyway, it was, it was one of those moments. But, you know, maybe there's something like that <laughs> that you've been putting off. It could be something. <laughs> okay, it's time to confess. Who's got the pot growing in their basement? No, I'm just kidding. But it could be that. You know what? I've had other instances where people um, have had a hard time with pornography or with something like that, and it's been plaguing them. And maybe God's saying, you know, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Maybe he's saying it's time to give that up. Maybe it's time to quit saying tomorrow to that. 
Maybe there's stuff going on in your family or in your marriage that needs work that's going to require some hard work and you've been putting it off. And maybe God's saying, you know, don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. Take action. Make that a priority. Maybe spiritual growth, the stuff that we've been talking about the last few weeks. Maybe you're like, the truth be told, I have not been growing spiritually. I'm not experiencing the kind of transformation in life that I know God wants in, in my soul. And maybe he's saying, you know what? It's time Quit saying tomorrow. Quit procrastinating. Quit waiting because tomorrow will never come. Today, would you make a commitment? Today, would you start your plan? Today, would you get some accountability? Today, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Friends, I don't know exactly what God is saying to you uh, today ways that he's nudging you, things that you need to put into practice. But my heart and my desire, my prayer as we've been going through this series is that 2016 really could be a breakout year. That the things that have been enslaving us, we would find freedom from. That we would experience as a church and as individuals, we experience tremendous growth spiritually as we get to know God, as we start to align our lives to his life that we would see increased missional activity in our lives, that we, would, that we would more and more be sharing with people about Christ, that we would be praying for people, we'd be looking for ways to, to be Jesus' hands and feet to those that are around us. That we could live out what we say, what we say and know that we believe, that we could put it into practice in our lives. Today, if you hear his voice, if you sense a nudge, if you know some things that need to be put into practice in your life, would you, would you put those into place today? Let's close in prayer. Father, we love you. We need you. And uh, Lord, I think all of us in some ways are spiritual procrastinators. Undoubtedly, all of us have stuff that we have put off, that we've been turning a blind eye to. And Father, right now in these moments, would you just speak to us? Would you point those things out? Would you teach us to follow you today? Lord, I do pray that 2016 could be a breakout year for us, that we would grow, that we would come to life, that we would see you work in us and in our families and in our friends and in our workplaces, in our community and in our world, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in us more and through us more. Lord, would you move us off center? You, uh, would you move us to action today? We want to be people who say yes to you, who put you first in our calendars and our schedules and put the important stuff in first. We love you, we need you, we offer ourselves to you afresh. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.